This is the Faith Debate, a theological roundtable gab fest with the Mixed Master as the Master of Ceremonies and the notorious Triple B, the Big Bridge Builder. Can we build it? Yes, we can. The Faith Debate is a free-for-all forum where faith community leaders wrestle over the truth. In less than 30 minutes, learn more about what really matters than others learn in a month. Oh, how convenient. Are you ready for a clash of ideas? Are you ready for the sound of freedom? Uh, Let's get ready to rumble! Let's get ready to rumble. Ah, yeah. In this corner, weighing in with a master of divinity from Reformed Theological Seminary, the faith debate master of ceremonies, Troy Skinner. You got a moron here, buddy. And in this corner, weighing in as a pastor, teacher, and founder of Bridges, connecting needs and resources in the local community, Ooh, mama. the notorious big bridge builder, John Swicer. Now, I'm just getting warmed up. Doing the show sans John Schweitzer today, but that's okay because I get to have that much more time with uh, a, what I'm going to argue is a brilliant new writer and filmmaker, screenplay writer, director, um, Thomas Bonifield. He's got a new movie out called Miracle on Christmas. If you've missed the first two shows we've done together, go find them on podcast at WFMD.com. We're going to do another show this week, and who knows, maybe we'll do another show next week because it is the... Christmas season. Um, that's right. There is this new film out. Uh, it's uh, if you look at it, if you look at the trailer. It looks an awful lot like what you might find on a Hallmark Christmas movie. You know, the the bright lighting and the the, the, the vibrant colors. Lots of snow, lots of ornaments, and really lots of uh, Christmas music. And I haven't heard the music myself, but the reviewers, the critics, are giving rave reviews for the music in this movie. But it's not a Hallmark movie, okay? It covers a lot more serious subject matter than that, more than you might typically find on the Hallmark Channel. Miracle on Christmas, it focuses on steadfast love in marriage, forgiveness, reconciliation, redemption, and it features a message of the hope that comes through Christ, who is the reason for the season. Thomas Bonifield, writer and director, and get this, he's from Frederick. Huh? He went to TJ. North Frederick as well. North Frederick uh, Elementary graduated from TJ High School. So local boy done good. Welcome back to the show. Thank you for spending a third episode with us. Thank you. All that effusive praise. I'm going to have to really up my game here. Right? Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, my job is to set you up. It's your job to fill those britches. So, oh, my. I'll do my darndest. <laughs> so I want to ask you, you hadn't ever directed a film before, correct? This was your first time directing. Had you ever directed a TV show? You have some TV experience. You ever direct a TV show? Not TV. No, I was the news guy. Uh, okay, actually. so how did you do this? You get some help? Like, how do you just, hey, I'm going to direct a movie. <laughs> How'd you learn to do that? Yes. Well, I, I did a lot of research, and I had a lot of movie pros around me, including my producer, Kevin Otto, who's directed about 10 or 12. So, I mean, at the end of the day, he was sort of a shadow director, making sure that when production wrapped, we had a full movie in the can, so to speak, and didn't come back with almost a full movie. So that helped a lot to have him making sure we got it all right. Yeah, and you mentioned that the uh, last show or the show before that you guys wrapped up shooting of the movie like a week before everything got shut down by the uh, coronavirus reactions. And I'm assuming at that point, though, there was still production to be done, but I guess you were able to do that in spite of coronavirus lockdown stuff. So when was the when was the movie finally like done and ready, and uh, and then you started the whole marketing efforts to launch it for a release in uh, in November? Well, we had a version of it that 
was nearly ready uh, by the end of May that we could start shopping around to potential buyers. Uh, but it, it still needed to have some things dropped into it. It had to have the color correction done because when you shoot, all these movies now are shot digitally, and the files are enormous. This one, for instance, was shot in 8K, which is kind of beyond even the standard, which is typically 4K. So those files, the digital files, are absolutely enormous. Um, and you simply couldn't edit a whole hour-and-a-half movie if you had the full 8K files. So they, they dumb them down, um, and the, the colors are washed out so that it makes it easier to edit. And then once the thing's all completely assembled, the edit, you go through what's called color correction, where there's a computer program that resets all those colors to what they ought to really be. Um, and that's typically kind of the final process uh, or final leg in the process. So it wasn't completed until, sheesh, let's see here, probably mm, early September, I guess. It's when we really had like a finished movie in hand. And but some of the them, beauty of that. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. I'm sorry. I thought you were, had finished the thought. You, 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 I was you just going it. to say that, you know, production is really when you're shooting the movie. Everything after that is post-production. So typically you're in an edit bay for months on end there. And. That, thank God that's the way it worked out so that the, those coronavirus protocols and the shutdown and all the rest of that stuff that hit many, many filmmakers, both in X film and TV, didn't affect us because we had our movie in the can, so to speak, meaning it was all shot. Now, some of that post-production, I guess, included needing to add in some snow. Am I right? Because you guys started out shooting with snow, but then a heat wave rolled in, if I understand correctly. Oh, my life flashed before my eyes, because as I said, I think in a previous discussion you and I had, this movie is one script day, meaning the entire thing happens in one day, in this case on Christmas Day. And for the first half of the shoot in Michigan there, you know, we had eight inches of picture postcard beautiful snow blanketing everything outside and shot half the movie with that blanket of snow. And then we had a weekend where the temperature shot up to 55 degrees, and in a flash, it was virtually all gone. And like I said, my life flashed before my eyes because I wasn't in a position to, you know, bring in manufactured snow or come back later when it snowed again and finish things off. So I did a lot of praying over the weekend. Uh, didn't get any more snow, but I think, you know, God showed the way in editing, and we were able to, through the magic of movie making, figure out a way to get around that, that will work harmonious with the story, harmoniously with, with the storyline. Yeah, let's talk about that storyline. I teased a little bit last week, and I actually mentioned it briefly at the very beginning of this week's uh, episode of The Faith Debate. This storyline isn't just some figment of your imagination. It's rooted in some some sense of a reality, for I guess, from your own story or something. So what's the story behind the story on this? Yes. Uh, a few years ago, when my family and I were living in Istanbul, Turkey still, I was running a news agency there, my wife and I went through a really difficult year. Uh, her father died. She had a serious health scare. And after eight years and change, there was an unexpected shift in management at the Turkish company, the holding company that owned the news agency I was the CEO of. And my contract abruptly and unexpectedly came to an end. Um, and through it all, we had a real inexplicable sense of peace, my wife and I, which is not to say we didn't grieve and grieve heavily for, at the loss of her father. We absolutely did. But, uh, and it wasn't something where we were, you know, gritting our teeth and white knuckling it and deciding we're going to have peace through this. Uh, 
and it didn't really dawn on us even until probably three months after the job situation, which was the last of those three instances to happen, uh, that, you know, geez, even though that was really tumultuous, we were at ease about things. And, and really, the only explanation for us as Christians is that it was a divine peace that settled upon us to help us see us through that difficult time. And that ended up being kind of the catalyst for this story, which has a lot of those hallmarks. It's... um I don't mean to use that as a pun, since it looks a lot like a Hallmark movie. But it, it, the protagonist in the movie, played by Aaron Bethay, is dealing with some heavy things uh, in her life. The, the loss of her father, uh, serious medical diagnosis for her husband, uh, and wavering in her faith through it. Um, so it, it's an uplifting and hope-inspiring movie, but it's not one that's untethered to reality. It's absolutely the sort of thing that I think people deal with on a daily basis. And we did ourselves for a year, as I say, when we lived in Turkey. Now, as you wrote the screenplay and you were focusing on this storyline, which you know mirrored some uh, rather dramatic personal moments in your own life and your wife's life, and then in the shooting of the movie and seeing some of the scenes play out, I imagine that some of that you were trying to capture the emotion that you guys went through and the circumstances, the special circumstances. So it was did you end up emotionally and you know psychologically and spiritually even? Uh, reconnecting with those things was it cathartic in any way or did you know did you have to deal with any sort of depression again that you might have thought you had put to bed no i mercifully there wasn't any depression even on the front end of that there was sadness over the death of her father as i say but no depression but yeah you know i maybe a little embarrassing but i'll what the heck here we're being open (laughs) my eye was moistened more than once during the shooting of that movie and i you know like biting my lip feeling foolish like hey man i wrote this stuff why am i getting emotional about darn allergies yeah right in the middle of winter in michigan let's see the pollen in the area uh yeah i mean it was kind of in some ways vicariously reliving my experience uh and those actors that we hired are some serious actors with real talent they deliver the goods so it's there are some touching performances in there that touched my heart along the way yeah how about your wife how did she react when she saw it uh, she enjoyed it. Uh, she tends to be emotional in movies, so I, I, I got so she, over the bar on that one. Pretty so she's a blubbering mess, is what you're yeah. saying. <laughs> What's that? She was a blubbering mess. <laughs> yeah, but the bar's low there, so she'll readily admit that herself. Hey, you mentioned you have you mentioned Aaron uh, Bethea and uh, and the and the stellar cast. So we we've talked in in the last couple of weeks uh, about Aaron, who people might know best from Fireproof. Uh, Jason Berkey, who's been in a, a, a number of uh, movies that people might recognize him from, perhaps most noteworthy would be October Baby, I'm guessing. Uh, who else uh, uh, is in this movie, and uh, and how might people best know them before they've seen your movie? Hmm. There are there are really four principal players, the two that you just named, Aaron Bethay and Jason Berkey. And then there is an actor named Brett Varvel, who's from Indianapolis, Indiana, who plays the surprise visitor in this story, who has a very prominent part. And he was probably most prominent as the lead in a movie from a very well-known faith-based director named Rich Cristiano, and the movie is called Play the Flute, and I do believe it came out last year, and he played the lead actor in that one. Um, And he's got quite a bit of talent here, and this was a role that he really was eager to do because he said he's been sort of typecast as the young pastor, and this was a departure from that, so he enjoyed it a lot. And the characters... um, 
a bit idiosyncratic, I'll say, uh, that he played. Uh, his name's Harry. And then the other one, the other principal actor, is a young woman who's from the Northwest named Michaelyn Hansen. And she's been in, she's in, been in a movie that was connected to the Kendrick Brothers, the big faith-based filmmaking duo from Georgia, uh, named Like Arrows. And that was out maybe two years ago. It's also a faith-based movie. And she's in uh, like a six-part series right now uh, about the early life of George Washington uh, called Washington's Armor that I believe they've only done the pilot for, but are, I think they've put together the money to finish. So uh, watch for that because it's really well done. Washington's Armor, and her name is Michael and Hansen, and she plays Martha Washington, George Washington's wife. It seems like a pretty good score. I mean, I mean, you know, actors like uh, Aaron Bethay and and Jason Berkey and and uh, and Brett uh, Varvel and uh, uh, Michael Lynn Hansen and uh, I mean, if people don't necessarily automatically know the names, as soon as they see their faces, like, oh, I know that person. And for a first time film to connect with that, who handled your casting? How did you? How did that happen? That worked in the following way. I mean, Kevin Otto, my producer, gets the gold star because, as I believe I may have mentioned earlier, he had directed a movie maybe a year and a half ago or two in which Jason Berkey and Aaron Bethea also played the husband and wife. Jason was the lead in that movie. Aaron's part was a little smaller. Uh, so he knew them personally. And ba the way it worked largely was I was suggesting to him people I thought would be good fits for the parts. Uh, and almost to the man slash woman, he got those folks. And we cast their, their 11, well, I'll call them all roles, for lack of a better way to put it, uh, in the movie. Um, we brought five actors in from out of town, and then we cast the other parts all locally uh, and had casting had casting calls. And, you know, the way that works is you put out announcements in the acting community wherever you're shooting the movie and the agents and so on and so forth and people show up and you have them do a read and act out a couple scenes and you know have callbacks and pick whoever you think is best basically and i i was stunned frankly at the level of talent in that michigan area both in terms of cast and crew and i i suppose one of the reasons it's as high as it is is because that was one of those states previously it's no longer it no longer is where they had the tax rebate incentives for filmmaking. So there's a fairly well-developed making film-related uh, film cast and crew community there because of those uh, rebates, because filmmakers look for those things, like Louisiana's got them, Ohio's got them, um, New Mexico's a big one, North, North Carolina used to have them, Georgia has them now, where they give tax rebates if you shoot your movie there and use certain percentages of local and Michigan used to have that, so the, the cast and crew who were from there were quite talented, much to my... I mean, I did, I did not that I didn't expect them to be talented. I didn't realize they would be as talented as they were in so many of them. It's the voice of Thomas Bonifield. He's the writer and director of a new movie called Miracle on Christmas. You can find it on Amazon and Walmart and Target, and you can learn more information specifically about the movie at miracleonchristmas.com. Um who handled the cinematography and the scoring and that sort of thing? Uh, the the cinematography um, that came courtesy of the second producer on the 
be Danny Roth, who, as I, I think I mentioned, had been shooting a, another movie before we did, a made-for-TV movie there, and we just basically took over his crew, for lack of a better, better way to put it, almost in its entirety. And maybe 85% of the same people did both movies. Um, and the director of photography, which is what you call cameraman when, in terms of movie making, uh, is a really talented one named Josh Moss, who's from Cincinnati but is based in L.A. now. Uh, and he had been working on that previous movie, so he did a fantastic job uh, for us. Yeah, I, the scoring, <laughs> the, the music, yeah. Oh, yeah, the musical elements. I mean, there are multiple facets of it. There's this the soundtrack, which, well, the score, for instance, this is largely the background music, uh, which was done by a supremely talented maestro named Stu Goldberg, who's an American but lives in Vancouver, Canada, and he had worked on some movies before with my producer, Kevin Otto. So Kevin brought Stu uh, on board, and he did an outstanding job. I mean, the music, I've had more than one person say to me, wow, that movie movie's good. That music was great. And I thought, well, okay, that's good. I had nothing to do with that part of it, but I'm glad you liked it. Um, and then the other the other musical element, I wanted to have a lot of actual Christmas carols in this movie. And unlike a lot of what we see, you know, standard fare in terms of modern day Christmas music in Christmas movies, I wanted to have like classic Christian Christmas carols, you know, joy to the world, hark the herald angels sing, God rest you merry gentlemen. So we have a steady diet of that. And again, gold star to Kevin Otto, his wife used to be a performer at an amusement park in the Cincinnati area that I actually went to as a boy because I, I was born in Kentucky and lived there for the first, like, seven or eight years of my life, called Kings Island. It's, it's related to Kings Dominion, which is in Virginia, which people in the Frederick area probably know about. So she would be involved in the shows that they would put on for park visitors. So she and then several of her acquaintances are among the people who sing the songs on the soundtrack. And they do an absolutely outstanding job. I think that that music really helps set the mood for the whole movie. And it, I, you know, it couldn't have come out better. And that's not me patting myself on the back. That's the work of a lot of serious pros who really know what they're doing and really did a great job on this movie of ours. Yeah. And one of the things I think it's commendable, um, you know, the, uh, the, some of the songs you mentioned them and, um, but I'm going to repeat some of them and maybe throw in one or two that might, you might have mentioned or might not have mentioned. Hark the Herald Angels Sing, It Came Upon a Midnight Clear, O Little Town of Bethlehem, O Holy Night, Joy to the World, uh, and, uh, well, Deck the Halls, I guess, might be, if this was Sesame Street, one of these songs is not like the other. But all of the songs, other than Deck the Halls, theologically rich, not just Christmas carols, these are Christmas hymns. So yeah. I commend you for, you know, not just going with the, uh, you know, the Santa Claus and Rudolph and, uh, you know, those sorts of, 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 of Christmas song fare, if you can even call them Christmas songs in some fashion. Mm. So that I'm imagining that was a careful choice that was made. That was very deliberate, yes. And it was meant specifically for this movie and meant to be a counter to what you talked about. And even Deck the Halls, which of course is not such a Christian carol per se is still written in like 1840. So that's a classic by any. Oh, sure. Yeah. No, yeah. It's a cl- but I'm saying the other ones are, are, are richly theological, deeply about yeah. Christ and yeah. the, the nativity. And 
and you know all of that sort of thing. So very deliberately so. But that, the deck the halls one actually we use in a montage where that they're decorating the house. So it, yeah. it was. Oh, I, I'm not being critical for you throwing that one in. I was I was actually trying to draw attention to the fact that every other song except that one, which is the the exception that proves the rule. The rule for this song, for this uh, movie was to have songs that were theologically rich, and I think that's uh, that's a nice treat, a, a rare treat. Yeah, unfortunately. Well, thank you. I happen to concur, but I'm biased. <laughs> so the actors and actresses they did all the singing themselves. Uh, no, they did not actually. They didn't do any of the singing. Um, oh, is that right? Okay, so you had to do a lot of post production on that then too, I guess. Yes. Well, I take it back. They did do some singing. But in group scenes, so there's not any individual, no solo efforts here. Right, gotcha. And there okay. are professional singers, as I mentioned, who are really bearing the burden of carrying the songs. Yeah. Now, some of movies like this, you mentioned the Kendrick Brothers a few times, and a lot of their movies will have additional collateral materials. So, you know, books and journals and study guides and group discussion aids and, you know, things for Sunday school class or group, you know, group gathering discussions, or whatever. Is there anything like that that's uh, either already in development and available or might follow uh, with this movie? Yeah, we kicked that around, that idea a lot uh, with our distributor, Green Apple, and their production company, Atonement Pictures, which handles the faith-based productions that they do. But it just, it was kind of a bridge too far for where we were in terms of all the things we had to pull together on a fairly tight timeline because as I say, the script wasn't even complete until October and we wrapped shooting at the end of, well, the end of the first week of March and it's going to be, you know, it's already out there right now. So we, we simply didn't have enough time to pull that together. It would be nice to do it, but I, I think we, that ship's probably sailed for this one. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of assumed that might not be the case, but I figured I, I would ask because if so, I wanted to give you a chance to mention it and, uh, you know, plant the seed for your next project to possibly have something like that in it. So. Yeah, yeah, no, I like those. I think it's a great approach and I would have been good to do it. We just ran out of time to make it happen. You know, Thomas Bonifield, he's the writer and director of Miracle on Christmas, available for sale and your viewing pleasure right now. And you can get it on Amazon, Target, Walmart. Uh, find more information online at miracleonchristmas.com. I had a chance to talk not on the air, uh, before, uh, as we were arranging having these, these series of discussions set up. I had a, a chance to talk with Thomas, uh, not on the air for a while, and we got to talking a little bit about other movies that are out there besides his. And I thought he had some interesting things to share, and I've, I have an interest in these sorts of things. I imagine you might too. So next week, we're going to do one more fourth edition show with uh, Thomas Bonifield on the faith debate to talk about the Christian movie genre kind of in in general and tie up some uh, loose ends on the movie Miracle on Christmas. Thank you so much for listening this week. Thank you, Thomas, for being on the show again. We look forward to having you again next week. And you can find us online at WFMD.com, keyword faith. You can also follow us on Facebook. And you can follow me personally on Facebook if you like. I'm on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn, for what that matters. I'm on MeWe, although nobody else seems to be. And I'm on Parler, which is an alternative to Twitter and seems to be getting some traction. So if you uh, follow me, a friend request me, or any of the different labels they have for that sort of thing on social media, if you do it for me, I'll do it for you. You follow me, I'll follow you. Uh, I'm Troy Skinner again. Thank you so much for listening. This is The Faith Debate on 930 WFMD, the talk of mid-Maryland. Till next week, 167 and a half hours from right about now. God bless.